Imagine writing such good copy and articles that you don't need SEO to rank. Hi, I'm Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast, and today I'm speaking with Faith Hannon, who is a Jesus lover, wife, barrel racer, worship leader, accidental SEO expert, copywriter, podcaster, and wrangler of tiny humans. She podcasts over at Simple SEO and Marketing, where she shares very shoot ya straight type, very practical tips on how to scale your online business using SEO keywords and blogging. In this podcast episode, Faith and I talked about some common SEO mistakes that people make. Then Faith shares two top SEO tips most site owners need to know. We also open up the discussion around why Google hates AI-driven content and why humans do as well, and what's gonna happen with this AI content and Google, and what happens if Google starts to rank AI content, will it be its demise or will it not? So it's an interesting discussion that we have based on humans first. We also talk about how to write good copy in your blog post and why stories are good to use, but how they should be used, and there's a double-edged sword here with stories, how they should be used and how they should be optimized to actually add value. I have some examples and then also Faith has some examples there as well. We also talk about what you should include in your blog post so your business can actually make more money. Now, in this episode, I also talk about my email list and how people absolutely love my stories and being on my email list. I personally treat my email list like social media. It's so much value, fun stories about sharks and surfing and all the life lessons and the philosophical things that I think about in business and outside of business and how it relates to business. There's a lot of value. So if you guys want to get on that email list, head to buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources. Opt into one of the free resources. You'll get some value there, but you'll get a lot of value from being on the email list. So check that out. Now enjoy the podcast episode. Faith. Welcome to the Buying Online Businesses Podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me, Jared. I appreciate it so much. So let's just dive straight on in. You've said you've checked out a bit of my content, not too much, because mm-hmm. you've been so busy with something we're going to be talking about shortly, which is mm-hmm. exciting. I asked you before off air, have you ever bought a, or sold a website or been a part of a transaction before? Mm-hmm. But now that you you said to me, you didn't realize it was a thing you could buy and sell sites. What's your, mm-hmm. now that you've like seen this as a new world, like what are your thoughts? What's your take on it? Well, gosh, like, I just think it's so cool that somebody can, first of all, I think online business is amazing, right? Like, how cool (laughs) is it that I can be sitting in my little office in Oklahoma doing something that is going to bless somebody in Australia or, you know, that we can even have this conversation? Like, I mean, I know it's dating myself a little bit, but like, I remember life before the internet was part of my everyday life. So just even the fact that you can have an online business is still so amazing to me. And then the fact that you could like buy an online business that's already in existence, take Mm. that and scale it Mm. is just, it's mind boggling to me, but I also am like, I have no idea how to do that. (laughs) Cause I've just always been a builder. Like I'm a starter. I'll start the stuff. Yeah. Which is, which is awesome because we need more people that are good at starting like you. A lot of people Mm -hmm. start sites to sell them. They just try and get a lot of, a lot of articles ranked, you know, on a blog Mm -hmm. and they don't really put in good SEO structure and frameworks and, you know, site structure and stuff like that. And we're always looking for better sites to buy uh, Mm -hmm. rather than things that have a lot of work that needs to be done to them. Um, Mm. But you're right. I'm, I'm grateful every day that we can like work from home and still make a massive contribution to people. It's, it's quite a, quite a blessing. 
really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people that most people are going to listen to this, they've either bought a site or they're about to buy a site and they're going to mm-hmm. be thinking about like, what can I do to optimize this site as quickly as possible that are like some sort of low hanging fruits? I know mm-hmm. it's site dependent, but what are your sort of five things or five to SEO go-tos that people can fix on their blogs when they come to you and say, hey, you know, Faith, I'm, I'm looking to, to ramp this thing up and get more traffic what are the most common things that you give them like things that they can do that are low-hanging fruit they could do you know Mm -hmm. in a short period of time yeah for sure so you know honestly the first thing is not even an an seo thing because in my brain like you can have all the people in the whole wide world coming to your website but if they hate it when they get there or it's unclear when they get there, like it doesn't make any difference. The number one thing that I always tell people, I just coached a client today is to improve the above the fold copy because we have less than five seconds to catch somebody's attention and let them know, can we help them with their number one problem? You know, and and are we clear? And sometimes I feel like because we're in the industry and we have, we you know, we know what we're doing. We know the things we know what people, we know what we think people need right? We're way up here and they're like down here, like just get me this quick win. Sometimes we get a little bit highfalutin in our language and use fluffy language in our above the fold, like change your life, feel better. Like, no, like help me lose 10 pounds, like whatever that thing is that you do. And so I really feel like if you, if you can do nothing else, but improve the above the fold copy and be abundantly clear straight and to the point then you're going to get people's attention because they're going to know right away whether you can fix their problem or not. Because if you, if people come to your website, they need to know if you're for them or not. So that's the number one thing, the very first thing that I think somebody should do. And then the second thing is I'm going to get into SEO stuff is to put keywords, the right keywords in your H1 text on each page of your site. Because so many sites that I go to and so many client sites, I look at the headings map and I'm like, there's no, there's nothing anywhere. Like no, Google has no idea what's going on here because it's like, there's what, what keywords you just have a picture of yourself and say, have a nice life. Like that's all Google <laughs> sees <laughs> when they're scanning these websites. And so, you know, just including the right keywords and the right keyword sizes for your business in H1 text on every page is going to be phenomenal for your SEO tips, improving that. Yeah. So those are the top two. I've gotten some more, but you look like you have a question. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I love how intuitive you are is picking up on this. I want to break down those two things. They don't have to be too rigorously, but when you say above the fold text, you're talking, am I, am I clear and on this that you're talking about on the homepage above mm-hmm. the fold text? Mm-hmm. It's not just, and when you mean straight to the, like, when you say not too fluffy language, you mm-hmm. do you mean work out what your audience actually wants and mm-hmm. just have that as your your tagline or your quote or what your site's about above the fold? Is that what mm-hmm. you? Yep. About and about? honestly, I coach clients to do to really focus on the above the fold text on every main page on their site. You know, like their services or their about page and all of that. But just category super, pages. Pardon. Category pages. Cub pages. Ah, uh, maybe. Maybe it just depends on how much time they have, you know, and how much effort. But when I say, you know, so have you read Donald Miller's book, Building a Story Brand? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. So good. I do know a lot about stories and for branding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's one of my favorite books ever as far as business books. But I mean, he just goes into so much more of the science behind the above the full text and how 
he calls it the caveman test. Like the above the fold text on your page needs to pass the caveman test. Like just stupid, simple. Some of the best above the fold phrasing that I've worked with, with clients is like, we get to, I mean, it's, it's what I spent the most, spend the most time with on copywriting clients, but it's like you, I probably, I probably have to come up with 20 iterations of that above the fold phrase to really feel like it's something that hits home and speaks abundantly clear. But when you really nail it, it's going to be something that you're like, this is so stupid, simple. Like those are the best because it's not going to work. It doesn't take brain power for somebody to understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have your clients do a quiz or a um, collect data from, you know, their audience to ask them what their goal is, what they want, what they don't want, and then get a few keywords that are most prominent everybody's most people's answer and then use Mm -hmm. like two to three or four of those and use that in the in the above the fold text this is what Mm -hmm. i've done this is what we do is like we Mm -hmm. this is the copywriting thing right it's like Mm -hmm. get people to fill out a form or do a quiz and they can get a prize or uh you can give them a free training or something like that for filling Mm -hmm. it out and then you work out what they actually want and then you can share with them like, and you can also adapt your products and your services to give them exactly mm-hmm. what they want and need as well. Is mm-hmm. that a thing that you feel is a good thing for people to do when they're first starting out or is it just too much overwhelm at the start? I mean, it all depends on the person, right? And their yeah. bandwidth, you know, cause some people are overwhelmed with, you know, too many different colors, <laughs> you know, and other yeah. people are like, let me jump in full force, go big or go cool. home. Obviously like market research is something that is just, you know, like so just priceless for growing yeah. a business. But I also like, I always want to distinguish, I call them verbiage keywords versus typed keywords. Because sometimes the words that are coming out of people's mouth that they will identify with and that are really going to tug at their heartstrings for that purchase, Mm. they're different very often than the keywords that they're typing in that are going to influence our SEO strategy. You know, but, you know, as business owners, we have to integrate, you know, both the SEO aspect of things and the fact that we're, we're dealing with human beings and we're, we're serving human beings. So we need to create content that's human focused, like people focused first, and then optimize for SEO. So I actually like, I have two categories of keywords in my brain for my business and for my clients. I love it. I love it. You've just opened a can of worms with uh, <laughs> the optimizing content for humans first versus mm-hmm. SEO. Have you seen much about what's happening with the AI sort of different content creation tools and, you know, the GPT sort of stuff? Do you know much you know, about that? just kind of on the back burner, but so I like writing. I enjoy writing. So for me to just like think about outsourcing that to a computer, I'm like, that's dumb. I did play around with it like a tiny bit in Uber suggest because they have a new AI content writing tool. And I had a, I had a client that was asking about it and she's like, is this any good? So I just played around with it. And I'm like, meh. But to me, like that's going to create really generic content and that's not going to connect with people, right? Like people connect with people. Mm-hmm. And like the clients that I've had, they're like, we love you because you talk about dogs and poop and like the yeah. stupid things that you did. And I'm like, no computer is going to write that for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's more humanized and personalized and more, this is a part when you talk about story branding is you can weave that into, you know, you weave your story into the value, not just mm-hmm. an AI going, 
these are the things that you need to know to build this, you know, or to do this or because we get, the reason I ask this is because we get mm-hmm. a lot of uh, in our community um, paid membership, people asking like, oh, what's going to happen in like a couple of years when everything's just AI content uh, and Google's going to rank that. And, and my take is that Google wants users to be happy. And mm-hmm. that's what they optimize their algorithm for is for human beings, mm-hmm. not for SEO, not the other way around. And I think too right. many people get caught up in the, the technical thing of SEO and like, oh, it needs to have this, 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 and this, and this. And all of that science weeds out mm-hmm. the art form of it and right. the beauty that humans actually want, but we, we don't realize we want it. We just want, we just want to read something great. If people on Google are only going to get AI content and it's just pretty bland and there's no human humanness to it, then mm-hmm. Google's going to have less people searching, which Google's mm-hmm. has less ad revenue and right. less of their business goes down the drain. So right. that's the, that's the thing that I like to sp- mm-hmm. speak to is that a lot of people may be worried about like all these, you know, things are going to take over, mm-hmm. but if Google optimizes for humans and with, they actually they only exist because humans exist and have things to type mm-hmm. in and search and humans go, well, this AI content sucks and mm-hmm. it's not humanized, we're not going to search it anymore, then Google has no business. So they're not going to rank the AI content as right. well as the human content. Right. Do you feel like the thing? Well, and like, you know, we might see the pendulum swing the other way for like a month, you know, if there, if there yeah. was a way to track like AI content gets seen versus human content, like globally, like maybe we see the pendulum swing the other way for a month and then yeah. people will stop clicking on those websites with AI content. Because I mean, I know I've clicked on some that I'm like, not maybe AI content, but content that was written clearly just for SEO. And then you <laughs> click it and you're like, this does not even answer my question. This was the biggest waste of five minutes of my life. And I never go back to that website again versus mm-hmm. I would rather create content and have my clients create content that, so what it ranks seventh or eighth or 10th, but somebody's going to come back to it again and again and again, because you answered the question and you served the person on the other side of that screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. We'll push that back away because <laughs> we've already opened that up. And I think yeah. we're pretty clear on that. I'm glad you're on the same page. Google, Google's going to hop- optimize for us humans. So it's not going to weed us out, which is, which is a cool thing because yeah. business would be then so damn boring mm-hmm. and the internet would be so damn boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could you imagine mm-hmm. how boring it would be? Oh, uh, wow. So above the fold, and then you got Keywords in the H1s. What are some SEO, dumb SEO mistakes people make that you see? Mm -hmm. They they come to you with their blog and they're like, cool, I've done all of these things. Mm -hmm. Isn't this great? Are you sort of like, oh, no, like that's a a bit of a mistake. We need to fix this or clear this up. What are some of the common ones that you see that people make? Well, most of them I know because I made them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really, so like... I see a lot of clients slash I did this as well. Like you write, you write content based on what you want and what you think people are searching and use verbiage that you think is working. When in reality, nobody phrases it like that, except maybe you and your mama, cause she taught you how to talk, <laughs> you know, or like, I see a lot of people make, um, make the mistake of not using their H2 text strategically in their blogs. So they've got a great title, but that's the only place that that keyword is in that carries any weight, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I just remember thinking, oh, I've written all this stuff. Why isn't it ranking? And like, oh, well, because you're not using keywords strategically, you know, or they'll write blogs, but they're just writing blogs to blog and not actually creating content that people are searching, which, you know, I'm a writer. I get that. 
I like to journal. I like to write for fun. I mean, it's, it's cool, but nobody's searching my journal entries. You know, they're searching things that solve their problems. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel with the H2s, just for people listening, H1 is your, your, you know, your main title and you have your H2, which you like kind of, you could call them your subtitles, but Mm -hmm. um, on each and you have different ones for each, I would say paragraph or Mm -hmm. a couple of paragraphs. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about the H2s is it's the opportunity to add your keywords in, which makes it easier for Google to find keywords on the page, Mm -hmm. but also it breaks up the content and it allows people to see the, it's easier to read rather than just like Mm -hmm. a big text that's like, I mean, the Bible's great, but it's, it's, it's hard to read. Like it's not the most user-friendly thing. And then you've got, you got, if you had subheadings and stuff, you'd be Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is cool. I know what this bit's about. And then you can go through the Mm -hmm. copy a lot quicker. Do you find that those H2s actually help people to, and I want to get onto copy because copy is a big part of what you do, helps Mm -hmm. people to write better copy if they have, they start with H2s first? Mm, You know, I don't start with H2s first. I, so here's, here's my process and it's a little bit backwards (laughs) from probably what it should be (laughs) because I, so I like to create based more on inspiration than actual research first. So I'll create based on inspiration and connection points and for the person. And then I'll go back and I'll optimize for SEO. So like I'll have this idea, you know, I've got this content or, you know, my client has a content idea. We'll create the content and then we'll go back and we'll optimize those H2 and really create an optimized title um, using keywords in those H2 you know, subheadings. And for me, it was really hard to kind of get over the whole breaking text up because I have a minor in English. Like I'm used to the, you know, formatted, Hmm. all of my T's dotted and I's crossed. And, you know, somebody cares about my typos and my spelling errors, (laughs) you know, I'm getting knocked down for that. Not that it made me do any better, but I did try, you know, and so to like make that mental shift from like, oh, like people skim blogs, Mm. they don't read every word. And so if you make it hard to get the main points, like they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. You got to realize that people, when they pick up a book, they're prepared mentally to Mm -hmm. read the book for how it is versus Mm -hmm. when you're on the internet, you're either wasting time or being super productive. Most Mm -hmm. of the wasting time is on the social apps. Right. Being super productive is like, I need an answer yesterday for how do I fix this or how do I do this in my life? Uh, rather right. than like, oh, I'm just going to sit down and, re- you know, have a cup of tea and, and read a blog post. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if too many, like too many people do that. Uh, I, I know for myself, it's not me, but. Yeah, um, not me either. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm sitting down to read with a cup of tea, it's a book. It's yeah. a real book. Yes, yes, physical book. So that brings us and beckons the question on how do people write better copy for their blog posts? So they're actually the content doesn't just rank, but people read, read it. I know that you said you've got to have it broken up, but Mm -hmm. what are some of your copy tips? So one of, one of my main things is if you're not, if you, if you don't watch American Westerns, you may not use this term, but it's just to get to the rat killing, like just get to the rat killing, like quit beating around the bush. Like the point get to the point. Like everybody loves, you know, finding recipes online, but I hate reading somebody's life story about what their cat ate that day and their favorite outfit before they give me the recipe. Like give the people what they came for. Like Yoast is a great plugin on WordPress. I'm sure you're familiar with it, but Yoast literally gives you the green light. If you have 300 words or more, like Mm. you don't have to write a blog that is 5,000 words long to rank. You really don't like this. 
Yeah. For a recipe, like just how many cups of flour do I need? Do I have enough to make these cookies at 11 PM? Like just tell me, you know? And so people like get to the point, be clear, write like yourself, because again, if we wanted AI generated content, we would go read AI generated content, like use your voice, write like yourself, Mm-hmm. Use things like use free tools like Grammarly to spell check. Edit with fresh eyes. I'm ter- I'm a terrible editor, so I have to pay somebody to edit my client work for me. <laughs> because it's I'm like, like I, yeah, I'm like a, I don't pay somebody to edit mine. It's like if it is what it is, what it is. But I pay somebody to edit client work. So edit with fresh eyes. Use Grammarly. You know, get to the point, and then don't be afraid to tell people what you told them again in a new way. Because we are all inundated with so much information. You know, we have more content coming at us than ever before in human existence. And so we need to hear something more than once to retain it. So it's okay if you have to reiterate a point or shore up a point. And remember, people are skimming your blog anyway. They're probably not reading it word for word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the the more fluff you have, the more they're going to skim and mm-hmm. the more they're going to miss when you finally get to the point in like a hidden way in one of the paragraphs right. that's like halfway right. through the page and they're like, all right, this yeah. is a great waste of time. Like, thanks mm-hmm. for wasting my time. And, yeah. and story, like stories are still good. Like use stories, mm. but keep the, keep the user in mind, the reader in mind for everything that you communicate, whether it's your homepage copy, like how are you solving their problem or mm. whether it's a blog post about your cat, like, how does this affect this person and yeah. have a servant's heart about it really? Yeah. And I use, I use stories in my emails and a lot mm-hmm. of people that are on my email list, majority are right back and like, damn, that was a good story. Damn, your emails are really good. Like we get mm-hmm. a lot of replies and it's because the stories are super short, super condensed. And I start the story in the middle of the action mm-hmm. when shit hits the fan and like, you know, the cat's like just about to just, just, it's like he's got the bird in his mouth already, you know? Yeah. And people, uh, it just grabs attention and then mm-hmm. it loops straight into a learning mm-hmm. or value. And I just think mm-hmm. if people learn how to write stories, loop it into straight into value and then another, like, add a story and the story can keep going. You could have a 5,000 word story mm-hmm. and have like 30 good points of value to just really ride the point home. But mm-hmm. people fully enjoy that piece of content because the, it's a 5,000 word story, but they're learning mm-hmm. so much and mm-hmm. they're engaged and it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Good luck, AI. Like how yeah, does AI right. compete with this? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I love that. So what would be your second second biggest copy tip? Are we talking like, do you want to talk about, you know, copy as far as like SEO friendly copy or because or the speaking to people copy? Speaking to people copy. Mm, be clear. Just be clear. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't even know how many times I tell people to be clear, but just just be clear and, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to sell. Mm. Don't be afraid to sell. And so for people that, yeah, let's expand on that. What do you mean by don't be afraid to sell? Well, I think a lot of people have the fear of sounding like a used car salesman where you're trying to push somebody to buy something that's not actually a good product and they're going to hate it. And then they're going to hate you. Like we have this fear of selling and it's kind of ingrained in our culture because, you know, we just feel like 
we get sold to all the time from those late night infomercials selling us those things that don't work to the used car salesmen that are trying to push pedal us a lemon car that's going to break down in five miles. But in reality, when you truly believe in the product that you have or the service that you offer, I think that you are doing a disservice to not confidently sell because I believe in what I do. I believe in the people that I do it for. And so if I, if I shy back from selling, I am doing them a disservice and not helping them with the gift that God has given me to serve mm-hmm. others with. Yes, that is so good. I got a, I got a story to really back that up and emphasize mm-hmm. that. I used to be a part of a business group and they used to post people's results in this Facebook group. And there was a lot of people in Australia and I had like, I just got, I just did really well at the start of my journey and I got a lot of um, comments and feedback on the success I had in a few months. Mm-hmm. And then people were reaching out to me and, and saying, hey, Jared, like, and we're doing phone sales and stuff like that. People were saying, how I've got all of these leads. I just don't feel like calling them. Um, what's, you know, what keeps you motivated? And mm-hmm. I would just do, you know, a bit of a public service and, and, you know, get on the phone to people and, you know, kick them in the butt really and mm-hmm. say, Look, people have reached out and said, please help me. Here's my phone number and email. Contact Mm -hmm. me so you can help me. And Mm -hmm. here you are thinking, oh, I don't know if they want to hear from Mm -hmm. me. You're doing Mm -hmm. them a massive disservice. They're literally saying, help me, help me, help me. Here's Mm -hmm. my number, call me. And you're Mm -hmm. not going to call the leads. Mm -hmm. But if you translate that into your blog, Mm -hmm. people are on your blog to learn something and get value and they're like, I have to solve a problem. And deep down, they're like, help me, help me, help me. And if you mm-hmm. don't do that selling in your blog, they're going to mm-hmm. run off and buy somebody else's product that sucks. And they're right. going to loop around, come back to the journey and be like, damn, I wish I had to bought your thing sooner if you had to just sold it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Right, right. And you know, you've got to get people multiple places to buy and you need mm-hmm. to make buying easy, which as a service provider, like when I do coaching and, you know, copy work, like, just the back end of that is sometimes a little bit clunkier than like press a button, send me the thing, you know, like Amazon. And so, you know, some of that with the service provider, like you have to work through whatever software you're using to try to make that easy. But like, what's that quote? Like people hate being sold to, but they love to buy, you know? And it's like, make, just make it easy. Like I shouldn't have to click around in 900 different places on your website to figure out how to give you my dollars. Like make it easy, make it clear, make it, you know, buy now buttons like sprinkled throughout. Mm. And don't be afraid to talk about the benefits of purchasing. Is that such a really good thing? People hate being sold to, but they love to buy. And you're Mm -hmm. saying, make it easy to buy. Maybe to add to that is like, make it less salesy. Like, just Mm -hmm. like you said, get to the rat killing, get Mm -hmm. to the point. It's like, oh, and by the way, this is what, this is the product that like hundreds of people have used and it's helped them with this. If you want to get it Mm -hmm. rather than like, here's a, here's a landing page with 20,000 words of like, if your back feels like it's going to break every time you stand up, like, yeah. 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 And I think, you know, if you've, so I love podcasting and I love blogging because it allows you to bring such, it allows you to bring value in a free way Mm. that people know, okay, like this chick helped me with 900 things for free, you know? And then if you're just blogging, like this person has helped me with all of these things for free, like, gosh, their paid products are going to be so good. And so if you just have that, like in the back of your content creation process, like what value am I bringing for free? 
And everything you create should bring value, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, making somebody laugh on Instagram or, you know, an email that has stories about cats and tips about how to grow your business, you know? Yeah, I love it. Talking about social media, I want to talk about the selling products and, and what you've mm -hmm. got coming out shortly. But talking about social media, people that are bloggers, mm -hmm. how do you how do you advise them to share their content or repurpose some of their content for social media? And like, what sort of schedule do you take? Like, how does that work? So it's funny that you ask about a schedule, Jared, because let me tell you how many craps I give about social media right now. Zero. Yeah. You know, that's okay. just me. I'm just in a place where I'm like, I got two kids. I'm working my little tush off. Like You're doing I you. Yeah. yeah. And so like when I care about social media, like it's super easy, but when I don't care, I just don't care. <laughs> but really I'm a big fan of creating one piece of long form content, whether that is um, a podcast or a blog or a YouTube video, and then taking that and then making sure you're blogging with it as well, <laughs> because why not? And then mm -hmm. repurposing the heck out of that in your social media, because like your introduction that you just spent all of this time crafting, there's not only a caption for a post, but that's also an entire video. Mm -hmm. That is a Pinterest pin. That's an idea pin. Like you can take that one introduction and get five posts out of it. Mm -hmm. How much more can you take 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.4, 0 0.5 from your blog and repurpose them across multiple platforms where you've already done the hard work to know that you've created value and now you're just sprinkling it out there for people to find because really only 6% of your social media following is even seeing your content anyway. And nobody but your mom remembers what you posted yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly mm -hmm. and that's because the algorithms are pretty ferocious on mm -hmm. putting paid content ahead of free content on the on the social platforms yeah so it's still a thing the, I, the, yeah. what, the what i like about socials is it helps you it's an image thing that mm -hmm. a brand can have that like oh, okay you're on here and you got x amount of followers oh this mm -hmm. is like a perceived Mm -hmm. perceived authority which is like anybody can just build that authority but it yeah. helps it helps sort of emphasize and build the brand so it's kind of mm -hmm. like it's worth having for mm -hmm. us like i hate like i really dislike social media mm -hmm. to a point that i don't open social media apps and go through walls because it's mm -hmm. damaging to mental health mm -hmm. short term and long term mm -hmm. and i'm all about mental health mm -hmm. and so I have the team, we still on social media, but I have the team put those, repurpose those pieces of content. So if you guys are the same as, as Faith and I, like you can have somebody do this for you too. Yeah. You don't yeah. And you know, I'm on social media some, like it doesn't bother me, but like mm -hmm. my audience is not like my ideal client is not my social media following. So like what I get response to on social media is like not business stuff. It is just strictly yeah. like, Hey, look at the holes in my socks because I refuse to go buy new holes. Like it's just stupid crap that is just like <laughs> human to human stuff yeah. that is fun. Cause I make friends, but it's not, it's not a huge lead generator for my business, which is fine. Yeah. Different, different audience. You're not making sales from, from social media. Tell me about what you've got coming up. Well, it's by the time this airs, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be live, but mm -hmm. tell me about your course. I'm excited so, to hear about this. Yeah, I'm excited to tell you about it. So I've got a course. It's launching January 5th, um, and it's called the, the Organic Marketing Framework. And I'm mm. taking blogging, SEO, and keywords and just breaking them down and helping you lay a framework to generate leads organically 
using SEO and keywords and blogging. Um, I'm taking my copywriting knowledge as a copywriter, um, my knowledge as an SEO consultant, and I'm packaging that in a way that you can go through your business in four weeks if you choose to go that quickly and really build a sustainable framework for your business, optimize the back end of your website, learn how to blog the right way, and then learn how to repurpose on Pinterest, stress-free social media, and then um, how to track all of that and really create sustainable workflows. Love it. And yeah. people people could have their team go through this with them as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Because, you know, some of us are like, some of us, I say us, I don't have much of a team yet. But, you know, if you're, if you're more the visionary for your company and you have mm. somebody that's more on the integrator side or VAs, like they need to know this. Like you probably need to know it too so that you can cast the vision. What good would it be if I'm like, no, you, you can't have your VA go through this when they're the one that they're going to be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're spot on. Every visionary and leader should understand what the team is doing or their VA mm -hmm. is doing. So they're just not taking the mickey, you know, and at least understand, you know, they're going to learn SEO and blogging practices in mm -hmm. your, in the course. It's great to understand that. So even if you are using a content agency, you can say, oh, like this is, I like that practice. I don't like this practice. Let's weigh it up. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What's worth doing and what's not doing. Yeah, yeah. Faith, that's awesome. I'm excited for you. I hope it just crushes it. If people well, are interested, where can they check out that and more about what you're doing? So I'll give Jared my links, but my website, faithhannon.com. Um, I'll have all the things, courses, coaching, and copywriting linked there. And then my podcast is Simple SEO and Marketing because I don't believe that SEO should be complicated or that marketing should take your entire life to figure out. Mm. Um, and my course will be there, uh, the Organic Marketing Framework or Organic Marketing Framework. And I'll have links to buy and, and uh, payment plans and all that. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Guys, check that out. There'll be links in the show notes. Everybody is listening. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on the next one. All right. Thank you so much, Jared. I appreciate it. Hey, YouTube watcher. If you thought that video is good, you should check out this video here on the two best types of websites beginners should buy or check out my playlist on how I made my first 100K from buying websites and how to do due diligence. Check it out. It's an awesome playlist. You'll enjoy it.
What are some of your copy tips? One of my main things is if you if you don't watch American Westerns, you may not use this term, but it's just to get to the rat killing. Like okay. just get to the rat killing, like quit beating around the bush. Like, get to the point. Get to the point. Like everybody loves, you know, finding recipes online, but I hate reading somebody's life story about what their cat ate that day and their favorite outfit before they give me the recipe. The re- like yes. give the people what they came for. Yoast is a great plugin on WordPress. I'm sure you're familiar with it, but Yoast literally gives you the green light if you have 300 words or more. Like mm. you don't have to write a blog that is 5,000 words long to rank. You really don't like this. Yeah, for a recipe, like just how Come many on. cups of flour do I need? Yes. Do I have enough to make these cookies at 11 p.m.? Like, just yeah. tell me if we wanted AI generated content, we would go read AI generated content. Like, use your voice, write like yourself. Mm-hmm. Use things like use free tools like Grammarly to spell check, edit with fresh eyes, you know, get to the point, And then don't be afraid to tell people what you told them again in a new way. 